We're all familiar with the fight-or-flight response that our body triggers in response to a perceived threat. But with this pandemic, it got switched on and it hasn't really been switched off yet. Hello, welcome to another edition of the UOK podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Today, we're going to talk about what's going on in our brains and our bodies when we're feeling anxious and how we can manage that response with some practical advice from cognitive behavioural therapist Neve Connolly, who you may know from The Mind Gym on Instagram. Cognitive behavioural therapy or CBT is something I'm sure you've heard of before. But what exactly is it? CBT is... A type of psychotherapy. It's a talking treatment. Uh, it focuses on how our thoughts and our beliefs and our attitudes affect uh, both our feelings and our behaviours. So C is cognitions and B is behaviours in the CBT. And as a therapist, uh, I would work with clients on both aspects. And then I would teach uh, clients coping skills for dealing with different problems. So it's very present based. We're looking at what's going on in people's lives currently that they would like to change or improve. But also we would look at the background as well and say, okay, well, how did this happen or where did this come from? Is there anything in the background that we might need to do a bit of work on or a bit of processing? So it's solution focused, but we look um, at the origins of the issues as well. I know one of the things that's currently happening for a lot of people in terms of their feelings is that many of us are feeling much more anxious than we ordinarily would or maybe anxious for more prolonged periods. What is actually going on for us when we feel anxious? Our primitive brain kicks in uh, when we're anxious. That's the part of the brain that is scanning and keeping us safe um, in, you know, ordinarily. That's its job. And it's just at the moment with the coronavirus, there's so much kind of there has been so much potential threat and there's so much new information coming out every day there's so much uncertainty so our primitive brain that would normally activate you know a couple of times a day it would switch on and then it would switch off again is on all the time and we're not getting a break from it um so it's when the primitive brain is in charge it floods us with adrenaline it um makes sure we have energy to you know get away from whatever this threat is But that's great if it's like a bull standing across from you in a field or if it's a car hurtling towards you on a street and you need to move really quickly. We want adrenaline and energy and that quick uh, action first. We think about it later. But when this um, perceived threat is something that is kind of we're not sure about it, we're not sure if it's near us or not, uh, it's very uncertain. So we're sitting here maybe in our de- at our desk at work or at our work desk at home mm-hmm. or we're in our homes where we're all stuck at the moment and we're full of adrenaline. That leads us to feel, you know, quite uncomfortable. Um, adrenaline would give us an increased heart rate. You'd have a knot in your stomach. Your breathing might get more shallow because, again, you're thinking, OK, primitive brain is getting me ready to run away. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it's this fight or flight system that gets activated. But we can't fight and we can't flight. So we're kind of stuck at the moment with this elevated adrenaline, lots of scanning going on, lots of looking for and seeing risk or threat. And there's very little we can do. So it's that's very difficult for us, I think, as people to kind of manage and deal with. So it leaves us then 
in this kind of state of anxiety. As you say, it's that situation of feeling primed for something, but the thing is never coming. So you're constantly in that state of readiness all the time. If you think back to primitive times, you know, you know, Neanderthal man wandering around in a loincloth, he went out and he was hunting. So he was scanning for predators, for prey so that he would stay alive. He would have his, you know, hunting trip and come back and then he would switch off Mm. and he would go from um, that fight or flight back into rest and digest, which is the opposite of the fight or flight system. So he would be calm and relaxed for the rest of his day, whereas and that's how we're built. We're not built to be in fight or flight constantly because a secondary hormone called cortisol can get released then. Again, that gives us a boost of energy and it's not harmful in small doses. But when we're in fight or flight constantly, uh, it's not good for us. It's not healthy. That's not how we were designed. So what I would be encouraging clients to do and people um, to know through social media channels and that is to try and activate the rest and digest uh, nervous system to try and keep ourselves as calm as possible, you know, within the realms of what's going on at the moment. What kind of things help us to regulate that anxiety, help us to engage that sort of calmer, more evolved part of our brain? One of the most important things, uh, Jan, is that we check in with ourselves, that we stop a couple of times during the day and we give ourselves a little bit of attention and we see how are we. Um, you know, as a, as a nation, we're great to say, how are you? And the, you know, the road response grand. is grand. Exactly. <laughs> and if we could ban that word, <laughs> that would be helpful because we do trot it out. We're not inclined to actually stop and think and pay attention to how we're doing. Mm. Um, another thing we're not great at um, as Irish people is talking about feelings and emotions we're not as tuned in to those aspects of ourselves as we might be. And when it's important then in a very stressful time when the whole nation is quite stressed, um, you know, we're not as used to uh, tuning in or paying attention to our feelings. So it can be quite unusual or unfamiliar for people. So the first thing would be stop a few times a day. Um, I, what I have done through my social media channels is, come up, you know, I have a hashtag called kettle breaths. We all know kettle bells for exercise. Mm-hmm. Kettle breaths would be like an exercise for ourselves in taking every time you go and turn on the kettle, take that minute or 90 seconds and just do some deep breathing, just nice and slow, in slowly, out slowly, and just take that time and see how am I? How is my head? How's my heart rate? How's my stomach? How am I feeling today? Am I looking forward to the day? Am I dreading the day? And just give yourself that few minutes so that if there is something going on that you can sit down and maybe give it a bit of thought and do some writing about it, uh, tackle the issue rather than just sitting with walking around with that knot in your stomach and not doing anything about it. And I would be definitely guilty of this, too, of saying, well, I just don't really, you know, I just don't really have time. But the fact is, everybody has two minutes. Two minutes goes by really quickly, actually. And it's really, really important saying that we're too busy to take a break is like saying we're too busy driving to stop for petrol. At some (laughs) point, we will run out of fuel. You'll burn out. You know, you'll just you'll get cranky or tired or irritable. Uh, You just won't manage as well. So taking a break. uh, And that's another thing I would uh, say an awful lot to clients is about putting our own needs first. Which again, mm-hmm. as, a, as a nation, we're not good at doing. We're inclined to be martyr. Oh, don't mind me, I'm grand. 
but you can't pour from an empty jug and especially in such stressful time as we're all going through to take those few minutes to think about what you need and to give yourself you know that little break you'll be better able to manage your partner or your job or your family or the demands that we all are trying to deal with at the Mm. moment. Can you talk to us a little bit about why writing things down is actually really good for us? One of the things I was saying there was about the primitive brain that gets that's the part of the brain that's engaged when we're in fight or flight. The prefrontal cortex, which is our literally our thinking cap kind of in behind our forehead at the top, that's our most developed part of our brain. Um, when we're writing, we're engaging that part of the brain. So it's kind of that's like sending a message back to the as if you like the driver mm-hmm. going, oh, look, she's sitting down writing something. She's not under threat uh, and it helps right. kind of switch off the primitive brain and engage then the prefrontal cortex. So as you're writing down, it's almost like a verbal dump. You're getting this stuff off your chest. You're getting it out of your head and down onto a page. And then I would say, OK, go away, maybe have a cup of tea. Uh, do something and come back then and look at what you've written with kind of like a fresh pair of eyes because when we're stressed all we can see is the stressful issue and again the primitive brain has a very narrow focus it looks for threat and it doesn't see much else so when you would come back you might have a broader perspective you might say in this situation you might have a very worried thought like I can't cope with the day I'm not going to get through the day um, it's going to be a disaster. Whereas if you come back and start writing, you might think, OK, I, it's not the nicest thing that I'm stuck at home, but there are things I can do with the kids. There's loads of stuff online. Uh, I can do a WhatsApp call with my friends tonight. I can give a phone call to someone in my family and it helps you balance out. So writing helps you get things off your chest and then also you can see it kind of from a fresh perspective. Mm. Are there some CBT style exercises that you could maybe share with us that are useful in managing anxiety? Um, So when I was saying there about your kettle breathing and you're taking your breaths and you're spotting what's going on and you're trying to figure out how come I'm stressed or what particularly I'm worried about is identifying our thoughts, you know, pulling them out, being specific. Anxiety thrives uh, when we're vague. So I would always encourage clients to be specific. So write down. So I'm not looking forward to uh, that recording tomorrow morning. (laughs) Okay, that's a vague thought. Specifically, why are you not comfortable? So we want to kind of get in at the underlying Mm. uh, cognitions. So it might be uh, it'll be like, again, it'll be a disaster or I'll make a terrible mistake. And then you go, okay, where's the evidence for that thought? So that's a really key CBT skill is looking for the evidence to back up our thoughts. Mm. We're inclined to go with our thoughts as if they're gospel truth because they may have a lot of emotion associated with them, like a lot of um, our physical sensations. So if you're nervous about something, if your heart's pounding and your stomach's in and not, you're going, oh God, I definitely shouldn't do that recording. I feel really bad about it. Mm-hmm. Rather than thinking, okay, I'm, it's my thinking that's making me anxious it's not the actual recording so if you look for evidence and judge judy is a great character from tv that lots of people (laughs) will know so i would implant judge judy in people's (laughs) minds by saying i want you to imagine judge judy is the person you have to pass this thought by Mm. so she's gonna say you know where's the proof honey so where's the evidence (laughs) to back up this thought and you say, oh, well, I feel really bad or I'm I'm in, you know, I'm worried that, OK, they're not facts. Mm. You know, if you go into court and say, I think that person is a thief. 
you know, Judge Judy's going to say, prove it. Yeah. And you're going to say, okay, well, I think they look like it or they're shifty or they did it before. None of that proves that that person is a thief. So you have to have your facts. And again, as you're looking and searching for facts, guess what part of the brain you're engaging? The prefrontal cortex. Mm. So it's it slows you down and it makes you think and it makes you search for more helpful and balanced thinking. And that's another CBT skill um, that I would teach clients. Don't always run. People will be thinking, you know, think positive. And I'm a little bit allergic <laughs> to that phrase because life isn't positive do you know it's full of challenges and day-to-day stresses and this situation like the COVID situation that's not positive so trying to be positive about something that has people under so much pressure and is so difficult kind of diminishes and invalidates our feelings so I think if we can be realistic I think that's much more helpful so this is a really tough situation I really miss my family and friends that's been realistic but then you balance it out by adding your but but I'm keeping my family safe. I'm keeping vulnerable members of our society safe and I'm keeping our healthcare workers safe by doing this. That's a more helpful thought mm. than thinking just the negative. You very kindly, Neve, have composed a little mnemonic based on the name of this podcast yes. to help people, which I think is <laughs> you, you win a prize. You get the best guest prize <laughs> so far. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. So what what is it? Could you share it with us? Certainly. So the name of the podcast is You OK? So if we just use those five letters as a little mnemonic for people to take away with them. So the first thing is you and I would put you first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about carving time for yourself, putting yourself first during the day, during the week, knowing what your needs are, not being afraid to um, look after yourself and you will be easier company and better you know, able to deal with things if you put yourself first. So you is why. Mm-hmm. O then is observe. So pay attention, tune into your body, spot the signs of stress, know what your own individual, some people with me, it might be my heart would start pounding. Somebody else, it's the knot in their stomach. Somebody else, it's that feeling of pressure in their chest. So observe and get to know your own signs and be aware of them. And then you is understand so when you are stressed or worried or anxious understand what it is about keep away from vague be really specific and that will help you clarify and understand exactly what's going on then o in okay is organize so write stuff down if you've loads of things to do and you feel a bit overwhelmed do a list prioritize and just start with the easiest thing Uh, write things down tackle them so get organized but really key is one thing at a time and that's coming under the same oh Dolly Parton is my patron saint because she I love her song one thing at a time dear Jesus well I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing there but really important to just do one we've we're all a bit overwhelmed at the moment Mm -hmm. and we can be inclined to take on too much or think about too much keep the focus really simple one thing I'm going to do that one project at work I've been putting off I'm going to make that one phone call I'm going to tackle that one room that you know is a mess Mm -hmm. and then when you get one thing done you get your sense of accomplishment and you're more inclined to do the next thing and then the k in okay would be the kettle breaths every time you stand at the kettle take that minute minute and a half do your nice deep breathing in slowly through the nose and then out slowly through the mouth calm yourself ground yourself keep stay in the here and now and keep your focus on the present 
Brilliant. That's you okay. Neve's advice is clearly great and the fact that she's a Dolly Parton fan does her no harm either. I have to say the the kettle breath is something I am 100% taking on board. I'm permanently with a cup of tea or coffee in my hand at the moment. And uh, yeah, if I'd been checking in with myself and mindfully breathing every time I'd been at the kettle over the past few weeks, I'd be completely zen by now, I'm sure. CBT is clearly a really effective treatment option for people and I think part of what makes it so popular is just the fact that it's based on skills you can learn, tools you can apply. It's It's got that really practical focus that many of us find so helpful. I hope you got something out of the chat with Neve and that you'll take it into your day and use it to manage any feelings of anxiety that you may have. Join me again tomorrow when I'll be talking to Podrick Walsh, who is a behaviour specialist and analyst with a surprising take on complacency. And in the meantime, mind yourself. This podcast is created and edited by Paul Moriarty and me, Jamie Lanagon. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health at the moment, please access helpline information at rte.ie forward slash helplines.